Ravenous Romance presents Opposite Sex. Written by Gina McQueen. Narrated by Monica Westwood. Part 1. Jasmine in Thunderland. Chapter 1. The first thing Jasmine saw as they pulled into the parking lot was a six-foot Wookiee smoking a joint with a zombie chick in bondage gear, her ample pulchritude on display as she cozied up beside him. The stoners looked startled when the headlights pinned them and the undead hottie tried to hide her beer. Evidently, back in the real world, she was still underage. Oh, my God, Jasmine said, laughing, wide auburn eyes flashing in her lovely freckled face. You weren't kidding, were you? The cabbie just shook his head and grinned. You can't say I didn't warn you. It was true, from the moment he picked her up at the Delta Curb of Baltimore-Washington Airport, and she told him she was headed for the Hunt Valley Inn, he'd given her the head shake and cocked eyebrow that said, Oh boy, another crazy. And before she could puzzle out what that meant, he'd said, So you're here for the convention? What convention? You don't know? Don't know what? Ho, 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 like a scrawny, beardless, hillbilly Santa. With all due respect, ma'am, a word to the wise, unless you've got a real specific reason to be staying there, you might want to think about other arrangements. Why? Did something happen? Her voice spiked upwards in alarm. Well, it's not a terrorist threat exactly, he'd said, unless you think 40-year-old virgins who dress up as Darth Vader are a terrorist threat. He paused to let it sink in. I know I do he added. For the next 45 minutes, he'd regaled her with stories of Super Fantasticon, the annual pop culture freak show even now taking place at her Travelocity.com prescribed destination. It was a fantasy sci-fi horror convention, one of the East Coast's biggest, with an estimated 5,000 weirdos descending to wreak havoc on the poor, long-suffering Hunt Valley Inn, which had suffered its shenanigans for 12 of the last 15 years. It wasn't that they were horrible people, the cabbie had been quick to emphasize. It was just that they were insane. Even the celebrities he'd been privileged to chauffeur, Rutger Hauer, Bruce Campbell, Adrian Barbeau, were a little bit nuts when it came right down to it. But they were nothing compared to the fans, who dressed up as vampires and fairies and extraterrestrial serial-killing smurfs in leather underwear wantonly partying through the night till the cops showed up at 3 a.m., leaving regular, God-fearing travelers sleepless and trembling in their beds. Throughout his speech, Jasmine had just sat back and listened, periodically blowing smoke from her American spirit yellows out the cracked back seat window. She was restless and giddy with triumph. A decade of legal struggles behind her at last. And though he was trying his hardest to dissuade her, every single thing that cabbie said just made her more curious about the festivities ahead. And now they were here, pulling up to the front curb, where dozens of super-fantasticon dwellers were arrayed, smoking and drinking and yapping up a storm. They seemed very happy, and why the hell not? They had the run of the place. This will be fine, Jasmine said. You sure? the driver inquired. There's a Ramada around the corner, three minutes away. She handed him a fifty, which barely covered the fare, then slipped him another twenty just to seal the deal. The second she stepped out of the air-conditioned cab, the damp August heat smacked her and brought an instant sheen to her skin. She groaned. Eight o'clock at night, and the temperature had finally dipped below ninety degrees. 
It pasted her cute pastel summer dress to her curves, like a wet t-shirt contest absorbed by osmosis. But more than that, she was swamped by the energy of the mini Mardi Gras surrounding her, the smell of cigarettes and sweat and beer, the burble of highly animated conversation, the sheer dizzying array of colors and shapes and costumes creatures on display made her feel like she'd just woke up at a drunken Halloween party from her college years. Jasmine Coulter stood at five foot four in short heels. She was slender and small-breasted. But she had her mom's hips, which had airlifted her out of the boyish physique zone and made ass men double-take on a daily basis from the time she'd hit thirteen. She had just turned thirty-five back in October and now thought of herself as almost incredibly old.